Welcome back and good evening, uh, or probably when you watch this, it'll be afternoon. We're recording the evening for After Dark Pod, and it's truly an After Dark Pod away from the point as I've got a beer here, something I could not do Omar, put at, that at away. West Point. Put that away, Omar. There's children that watch this. I'm drinking responsibly. I will say that. Just drinking responsibly. Um, one beer, two beers at, at most a night. Um, like, like but, if, we aren't, if we aren't getting that sweet Coors Light sponsorship like PMT, I don't want it. <laughs> Did you see that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty that's sick. Cool. Honestly, they got their own. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to buy a can. Like, honestly, that's. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is I was saying mountains are blue, silver blue. I was saying all that before they were even on it. So I'm just saying, where's my sponsorship? I've been I've been Thanks. on that for years. Sponsor us more so Marshall. I mean, either or. It's I'm just trying to get it. <laughs> I'm trying to start a get, get a dope MILB sponsorship with all the random minor league hats. Hopefully, hopefully that catches on. You know what I'm on right now? I've been calling it Colorado Kool-Aid. A little reference back to Johnny Paycheck, old outlaw country singer. He has a song called Colorado Kool-Aid. It's all about Coors Light, baby. I'm going to check that out. Um, I'm not much of a country fan, but I'm starting to get into the slower stuff, man. A little bit of Anderson East, a little bit of um, Chris Stapleton. Just the slower stuff, man. They'll put me to sleep. Uh <laughs> But but uh, anyway, move, moving to our topic, it, it's been a while since we recorded and, and uh, before before this, we actually went back and forth on, on what to talk about. So um, just depending on the time, we may talk about both topics, but we're going to talk first about something that happened in the in the bowl, in the bowl landscape with the Arizona Bowl, not only uh, becoming a sponsor, becoming sponsored by Barstool, but uh, announcing that it would be exclusively broadcast on uh, Barstool's, uh, Barstool's website. So Brief context. Well, Marshall, first, uh, initial thoughts on this on this sponsorship, because uh, I have my own thoughts. My thoughts? Brilliant. I think in the ever-growing landscape of bowls, you need to do something to differentiate yourself. I think partnering with a name, you know, even as it draws as much controversy as Barstool, ultimately will improve ratings. I think I'll let you, I'll let you touch more on that point. But on top of that, man, it's like, it's, 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 pretty brilliant in my opinion it's like we've talked in the past about how you know college football watching college football in the future is kind of trans it's going to have to transition to a more streaming centric approach um and i think you know this really keeps them ahead of the curve and you think about bar school you're like okay you know they have their little fucking their little instagram page they have their little you know you know dave portnoy pizza reviews like what is what do they have to do with you know streaming and this kind of stuff it's like if you kept up with them at all it's like they had they put out like essentially their own like college game day you know like i went i had the fortune of going to a west virginia texas electric scene electric scene they had a great professional setup like they really had the means to put on a professional production like it was good it's like you would go watch any of them they're like you know whether or not you're a bar school fan or not the production values are there right on top of that they have other big streaming events you already you know like they're rough and rowdy Right. Like, I'm not trying to be a little Barstool fanboy or anything here, but I'm saying like, they have streaming capability. I think this makes sense. I think in the land of bowls, you need to be bold and you need to do it quickly. And I think that's exactly what the Arizona Bowl did. And I commend them for it. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. Barstool does have the capabilities, but they also have the paths, as you mentioned, a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit at the start. You know, there's a, there's the infamous Dave Portnoy uh, interview with him saying that women that that are dressed in a certain fashion to, deserve to be raped and that that is absolutely deplorable there's there's no room for that in society i mean much much less the bowl landscape uh for sure 
and controversy is one thing to say the least about about barstool um but i I will say this um you know every network or business has a controversy of their own i mean you had um i'm not sure i'm not sure the degree i I didn't really read the whole thing with uh, maria taylor and what was happening behind the scenes at espn but there's some there's some controversy there with espn um even then with the, with the stuff that you buy the the nike shoes you wear the vans you wear they're all, those are all made in like you know well not all of them but i mean i'm sure a lot of the shoes you wear are, are made in sweatshops you know so my point my i'm saying my point my point is if you're going to take that moral stand go go all the way and don't, and don't pick and choose and don't pick on barstool you know you are you are right in that they have the the, the broadcasting capabilities and something we've talked about in the past about the future of college football being a stream based being streaming based um I, I think it's starting to become true because big news um last week was Notre Dame Toledo getting pushed to Peacock which I thought I mean listen if if Notre Dame isn't protected from being sent to streaming no one is really so I mean just these two moves show that it's like the future of college football um in, in all honesty, I feel like this move kind of shows that the Arizona Bowl is doomed from the start because it's it's the third bowl in Arizona. Uh, its first ever bowl game was the first bowl game since the 1991 Freedom Bowl, I believe, to to be not to not be nationally televised, which was cool. That was in syndication. It's cool if it's 19 if it's 1990 to be shown on your local your local over the air station, uh, unaffiliated over the air station, but not cool for a. Uh, for 2015 standards. And then I was also the first bowl game, first non-national title bowl game since 1979 to have two teams from the same conference play. Uh, 2016, the same thing, syndicated and online simulcast. Uh, you know, very great game though with Air Force coming back from a 21-3 deficit against South Alabama. 2017, you had the iconic game against New Mexico State and Utah State breaking the bowl curse. Uh, but again, on CBS Sports Network, where it went in 2018, 2018, the game went into overtime. Really exciting game towards the end with a friend of the podcast, Rich Waltz, calling it. But um, the only problem was the overtime period overlapped into the start of the Cotton Bowl, uh, which was a playoff semifinal that year. So it, all, it almost feels like this bowl has been doomed from the start. They did they did have a, their sort of moment in the sun last year in the pandemic bowl season with the Sun Bowl being canceled. So it got bumped to CBS. The, uh, the nation got to see the epic quarterback duel of Drew Plitt versus Nick Starkle, uh, Justin, fellow Justin Bieber fan, Nick Starkle, I must say. <laughs> but they saw that, but the ratings of that were surprisingly low despite being on CBS. Like that bowl rated below Hawaii, Hawaii, uh, Houston, the New Mexico Bowl on New Year's Eve, uh, the first responders bowl between Louisiana and Texas, San Antonio, the Camellia Bowl, uh, Marshall and Buffalo, and the uh, I almost called it the Belk Bowl, but the Duke's Mayo Bowl between Wake Forest and Wisconsin, which was pretty much the most meaningless Power Five Bowl of the bowl season. So even then, it's it's almost like people don't really care nationally about the Arizona Bowl, even when it's a scorcher of a matchup between the mat. It's that's pretty much the closest thing we had to the Rose Bowl last year. Between we had a Midwestern Conference champ and a Pacific Conference champ, closest thing we had to a Rose Bowl. No one cared because it was the Arizona Bowl. So I just think this move kind of shows the trajectory the Arizona Bowl's been on. I have to agree. I think it's you know it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, you know I, I I'm I'm stuck on like it's it's funny the the uh, I guess the nuance right. You see like your point of like Nike shoes for instance right, and it's just go, it goes back to like the age old like economics argument. It's like I guess it's not really relevant at all. I'm just I'm, you know if anyone wants to discuss this with me in the comments, feel free. We'll get in, we'll get into the nuances I guess of of a value you know judgment uh, arguments. Um, 
but yeah, I, th- I think it's so funny. I didn't even, it's like, it's like so right in front of you that the Arizona Bowl is like the third bowl in Arizona, right? But it almost like doesn't even seem like it just since it's not even in like the Phoenix area. It's, I was like, I was like, cause I was like, okay, cheese bowl. And I was like, what else is, oh, Fiesta Bowl. It's like the Fiesta Bowl almost doesn't even count as an Arizona Bowl just because it's so national. It's, it's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, and, like, the point was, like, uh, to bring a bowl to the southern Arizona area when they brought the Arizona Bowl there. And, honestly, if I'm the if I'm the Mountain West or the MAC, so if I'm the Mountain West, you have geography to choose from teams. Like, you can have San Diego State make the few-hour drive. I think it's about, like, four or five hours. Easy day trip down to Tucson. UNLV, Las Vegas, same thing. New Mexico, uh, you know, a bit longer, but still, like, a manageable day trip uh teams like you can have teams like that play but if you're in the mac i am not sending my champion to arizona i mean well especially since they have the quick lane bowl against the big 10 i mean you're gonna send a champ there but the other division champ you're probably gonna send somewhere else like i mean honestly if i'm looking at the mac bowl landscape like the camille camille bowl i'm so glad that that they have a bowl on christmas day again i think the camille bowl is here to stay on christmas you send your division champ to the camille bowl and maybe send say like six and six um akron down to Arizona to be uh, shown on on Barstool's website and really be sent to Arizona in a tough travel uh, situation. But I will say this: I think I think it's more accessible, frankly. You know, just getting on a website. The the one obstacle obstacle is older college football fans, and that's like uh, it makes more sense, you know, to have a game. I guess a game like Notre Dame Toledo be put on Peacock than say USA, like um, the first quarter of the Clemson Notre Dame game was last year on, on USA or in past years, NBC Sports Network. I can, I, to this day, I cannot believe it's highly disrespectful that they put the first football game at Fenway Park since, ni- since the 1960s on NBC Sports Network, Notre Dame, Boston College, in a game that had playoff implications on NBC Sports Network. But I digress. That's a good, that's not a bad network. It could be worse. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cable network, though. That's the thing. Like, um, it, it, like, had Peacock existed then, it would have it made a lot of sense, really. I mean, there would have been still disgruntled, just like disgruntlement between um, older Notre Dame fans. But, you know, like, I mean, cable networks, really, unless it's like a regional network, it's, it's really it's hard living for networks like NBC Sports Network, CBS Sports Network, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, NBC, Sport, NBC Sports Network is kind of, they're going to fold by the end of this year because... You know, they realize that the streaming model is more beneficial than the cable model, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from, I guess. And it's like, perhaps we'll just call that a casualty of the transition from, you know, our old network sways to streaming. And I guess hopefully it won't happen again, but who can say for sure? Maybe we'll get another yeah. game. I mean, it's like, it's like it always, it's like, uh, like anytime there's March Madness on, it's like, why the, why the hell are these games on TNT? Like, when did TNT get the contract for this random ass? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I think, I don't know. I mean, bowl contracts like come and change, but I think what would have been more beneficial for a bowl like the Arizona Bowl or just in the future, any of these group of five bowls, they want to leg up. Why not take a Saturday afternoon slot on like NBC? Because NBC, sports wise, they're going to be in a huge bind in the coming years because they don't have the NHL um that that's what they had in the winter like i could see like honestly like some some good group of five bowls like you know pick and pick anyone you want maybe like the quick lane bowl any bowl that's not owned by espn at the moment that's a group of five bowl like the military bowl not owned by espn that one could grab a slot on like nbc and you never know have like navy play in the game like that's that's a huge draw for that network 
Um, you know, I just stuff like that. I just, I just can't believe that, you know, these, these bowls won't try other networks really even CBS and CBS sports network too. Cause I mean, you got college basketball on CBS in the winter weekends, but you know, what's to say they won't do like a double header, you know, between like a national game of the week for college basketball and follow that up with a group of five bowl. But that just shows how, I guess, how hard it is for broadcasters to get in the bowl industry. I mean, this whole, the whole thing with Barstool, I mean, um, I mean, I mean it's, it's like, just hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of maybe perhaps a testament to, you know, what the future may hold because I mean, it's like, you know, ESPN is almost like trying to get a monopoly on bowls really owning like every, every damn bowl, you know, maybe the Barstool, maybe it's like, you may not like, you may not be the anyone, anyone, right. May not be the biggest Barstool fan at the end of the day. But what they're doing, it could just be considered democratization of the bowl landscape and lead to future networks, you know, future smaller players. Maybe we'll get a we'll get a stadium bowl, you know. I don't know, you know. It's like maybe we'll get a what's what's that what's that one you did uh for in uh oh uh, sports primo. We're gonna get a sports primo bowl, you know. <laughs> you never know. But... Yeah, know. no, I I agree, and and well, you bring up stadium, and that's like so stadium's got kind of an interesting history because. They were the American Sports Network, the the network of stations, not just one individual like nationwide network. It was a na- network of stations uh, through syndication that broadcasted the Arizona Bowl. So that that's pretty much stadium's lineage. But yeah, like the the monopoly. The one good thing about the monopoly, I will say, for ESPN and bowls, because they own about 18, 19 bowls, is they'll craft those matchups geographically and regionally to really cater to the fans. So that's that's one good thing the worldwide leader does with their bowls, like um. 2016, the first time that I that I saw it happen, they um I like when I was doing my my yearly bowl projections before uh selection Sunday, I had I was I had Idaho going to the Arizona Bowl because I had no idea that that ESPN could switch around bowl times, but come to find out, they ended up putting Miami of Ohio against Mississippi State. And what an experience for Miami of Ohio to go to a bowl against the SEC team, even though they're a five and seven SEC team, like that's still a great experience that ESPN created for them. And then Idaho played in their final bowl in, in Idaho in Boise in the famous Idaho potato bowl. So ESPN does that well, but the monopoly, like the networks, like it used to be so cool in the mid two thousands on new year's day when you would have on, on Fox, you'd have the cotton bowl, Pat Summerall on the call, you know, good, good old Pat on the tail end of his career. Then on NBC, you had the Gator bowl, and then ABC had the Citrus Bowl and the Rose Bowl and then the Sugar. Like there's just that diversity of broadcasting and really each network putting their all into those bowls. You just don't get that anymore. I mean, you, you I really want, don't. I want, I want Joe Buck on the call. No, no. <laughs> I want Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. Someone give them a bowl. No, a- absolutely not. I will say, I will say Gus Johnson's calls of uh, of the Holiday Bowl I mean, that they just add something to uh, they add something to to bowl season, especially the 2018 Holiday Bowl. That was that's, that's one of my favorite bowls. I just remember watching on the couch with David because uh, I had Northwestern beating Utah. Uh, you know, very, very very good game, very good comeback for Northwestern and Pat and Pat um, Fitzgerald's team. But I, I digress. Like bowl season, maybe maybe we'll see more diversity in the bowl broadcasting, but it just it's just not looking like that. Um, and, and I mean, we'll see what the Barstool Arizona Bowl has because these these diverse sponsors tend to not last long. I don't know if you remember the Duck Commander sponsorship that uh, that with the Independence Bowl that lasted all of one year. <laughs> okay, but I mean, that, I mean, you you can draw that up to you know whatever you want. Perhaps that was more of a you know an unfortunate uh, marketing spend play there. Like I don't know what what I guess I don't know the operations necessarily of Duck Commander and that. I haven't seen their, you know, their financials, but 
I can imagine uh, they're a bit more of a uh, viral brand than a, uh, you know, a brand that makes a lot of money, if I had to guess. That's a fair point. I mean, I, I think they are local to the Shreveport area. Um, but but yeah, I mean, for, for the record, I, I am not endorsing Barstool. Uh, if you like that, that that that's that's fine. But personally, I would not endorse that company. Um, I, I will say, I think I've seen, have you seen that? I think there's like a big Duck Commander sponsorship on that. On that like giant like the pyramid dicks you know in um in like oh memphis, in memphis? oh you mean yeah. the the bass the bass uh bass pro shops yeah because that used to be the uh the yeah, memphis yeah, tigers yeah. arena yeah 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 exactly exactly i think they have a big old duck commander thing on that if i remember correctly it could be wrong i mean shoot if, if AutoZone ever lets go of the liberty bowl i mean as as long as i can as as long as i can remember the liberty bowl has been um auto zone i mean it, it's pretty wild it's like Honestly, I think since like 2005, it's been with AutoZone. But if they ever let go, maybe you will see a Duck Commander Liberty Bowl. But um, it would be hard. So you can I pick mean, any sponsor you want. Any sponsor you want to sponsor any bowl game. What would you pair? I want Iguodala to sponsor a bowl. Oh, shut up. I'm just kidding. No, honestly, if, if I had a sponsor, like, I'm trying to think of like brands. Like most of the brands that I, I like and are dear to you, it's probably it's like due to college football. Um, I'd say... Honestly, well, shoot, we already had a Little Caesars bowl because I was thinking about the Little the Little Caesars meme. It's like Little Caesars tastes good. But you don't got a B word in your ear telling you it's nasty. Like, oh, but there's already a Little Caesars. Don't you say that about women? Don't you say that? Oh, women. sorry. I, I'm sorry. Well, hey, it could be you know B words could be oh, males. Yeah, well, this, is not how we, this is not how we. This is not how we do. I'm saying I'm saying B words could be males or females. So you could. I mean, any anyone could be talking could be talking to you and telling you Little Caesars nasty. But I'd say. <laughs> I mean, it, it's true. I, I'd say honestly, day. That's I wasn't prepared for this question. Um, I have to say honestly, maybe get like Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble involved. Get like a Fruity Pebbles bowl. Like, imagine, imagine you get a, you get like, like Fender or Gibson or like one of or like a you know like a huge guitar brand sponsor a okay. bowl at Hard Rock. Oh snap! I was thinking when you said like Fender, I was thinking like Nashville, like the Music City Bowl. I thought that's where you're going that with that. Be, that would be a good one too. That's a good one too. <laughs> I didn't think you're going with like sponsor on top of sponsor, but um, yeah, no, I'm surprised that a guitar company doesn't sponsor the Music City Bowl. Like, it just feels natural. To be fair, most of the guitar, I'm pretty sure a lot of them are like pretty financially distressed. So that may explain no. that one. But dang, maybe maybe um, I almost called a Guitar Hero, Guitar Center. Maybe Guitar Center sponsors the bowl. I mean, that'd be cool. They're a chain, right? They should be in, in good yeah. straits. Well, I mean, it's like, I don't know. You, you can't really use the brand name to, I mean, describe the stress. I mean, it's like, look at Toys R Us, you know, one of the biggest brands in the world. Oh, yeah. They go back like five times just due to, I mean, it's like, there's a myriad of financial things that went into that, you know? So we won't, we won't get into the details of that, but I would not equate brand name to necessarily like financial strength. That, that's, that's fair. That's fair. In this day and age, you can't really do that. Well, um, still, still have a little bit of time left, so we're going to segue to our, our next topic that we were debating doing. Um, so recently, I think last month, actually, Frank Solich, the, the, the old coach of Ohio, recently retired, and I think he was the most tenured coach in college football up to that point, being there since 2005. Uh, you just don't see coaches stay there that long, but the man had a, had a great legacy at Ohio. Sadly, one of the, one of the biggest tragedies is how he could not bring home a MAC title to Athens, Ohio. And uh, I think they had shots in 2006. In 2010, they blew a 20 to nothing lead against Northern Illinois. Yeah, that's that's like, that's the 28-3 for, um, for Ohio fans. 
Um, I, I found out about that. I was like looking at it at his record. I'm like, man, they blew a 20 point lead in that one. And 2016, it really wasn't their year in 2016. Of course, that being the Western Michigan team's uh, cotton bowl, cotton bowl season. But there, there was that one as well. Uh, 0-3 in MAC title games. Ohio still has yet to win a MAC title since 1968. But Frank Solich took them to new heights, uh, got them their first ranking since uh, 1968 and 2012. Ultimately, they did not end up in a BCS Bowl that year, losing four games, but still a solid year. 2006 got them their first bowl appearance and win, or no bowl appearance in, since 1968. First bowl appearance in 68, and their first bowl win ever in the 2011 uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl. But uh, one game might haunt Ohio fans uh, beyond those beyond those MAC titles, and that's 2008 between Ohio and Ohio and Ohio State, where the Ohio Bobcats actually led uh, Ohio State 14 to 12 in the fourth quarter at the Horseshoe. And I got I got asked this, Marshall, you know, to send it like, do you think um, his legacy, do you think Frank Solch's legacy would have changed for the better if they were able to pull out that win, that upset? Yeah, well, undoubtedly. I mean, it's like my first my first guy was like, well, no, it was so long ago. But when you talk about like storied, you know, like programs like that, I mean, in the sense that, you know, his long tenure and then you have people that are like so like it's like if you're an Ohio fan, you buy into Ohio. You're not you're not buying in for a year to the Seahawks because they went to the Super Bowl or the Warriors or the Yankees or whoever, you know, it's like you're buying in. And so it's like he would have gone down as the man who beat Ohio State in the horseshoe. So undoubtedly, undoubtedly. I mean, he still like probably goes down as the man who led Ohio State in the fourth quarter at the horseshoe, you know. So it's like to be fair, it's like I don't know what. I mean, I guess, it, you know, it is pretty legendary if he would have pulled it off, it would have been. But it, it is it is a little bit sad. I mean, it's like after all those years, you know, getting so close, getting so close, getting so close, you just can't get over that hump. I mean, it's like the – I mean, you commend him for the effort. You have to. But it makes you wonder what could have changed. I don't know. I don't know. But the tenure of itself, I think, is something definitely to be respected. And it's a huge loss in the college football, you know, world to to have seen him pass. Um, yeah, he, he didn't he didn't pass. He just retired. Um, so, but but yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, the thing is with Ohio State, it just seems like there are schools that will be upset by you know a group of five schools. You know, it happens to them, like Power Five schools. That is, um, happened to Michigan. Oh wait, I mean, of course, App State in two thousand seven. The next year, Toledo. But Ohio State hasn't lost to an in-state opponent since the 1890s. And for that, for Ohio to, to break that streak, like that's almost like, like that's like an insane streak, like um, re- really to, to exist. Uh, you know, I think uh, it would have gone down maybe, I mean, I'd say this might be a hot take, but I'd say it would go up there with um, App State, Michigan, because if you think about it, uh, Ohio State had, was defending national runner-up. Uh, Ohio really like the previous year didn't go to a bowl. I think they were six and six that year in 2008, they didn't go to a bowl uh, that year. Ohio state would go 10 and two and end up in the Fiesta bowl. I, I mean, it, it's, it's with those proportions with everything historical about it. Like I, I was telling one of my friends, like the thing was like the warning signs were there for app state to beat Michigan. Cause app state had won two straight national titles. Like this wasn't like the South central Louisiana state mud dogs showing up to the showing up to the, um, to the big house like this was an actual elite program i mean despite being a different level like 
I mean, as we know, the people they can play ball down there at Kid Brewer Stadium out, out in Boone, North Carolina. But really, it, it's really, it's really sad, you know, that they couldn't pull that one off because I, I think honestly, I almost think that would have covered up that would have covered for his lack of a MAC title. Really, I mean, um, just beating Ohio State and being that that in-state team. Um, I mean, and and a lesser degree too. If he would have beaten Western Michigan and spoiled their bid for the New Year's Six, like you know that that probably we we probably talk more about Frank Solskjaer, like oh man, you know he got fries dumped on him in the twenty twenty uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, you know. Uh, I will say it's like while you can like definitely remember him in good light, right? For someone who didn't win for so long, what kept him around? Oh no 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 he won no he won. Here's the thing, like he he took Ohio to like new heights because Ohio. They, like I said, they didn't go to a bowl for 38 years under Solich. Like this was a more bound program, but you know, um, I guess, I guess when it comes to the Mac, the, the turnaround of the Mac is so high. Cause I mean, the coaches that have coached there, Brian Kelly, Butch Davis, um, who else? Let's see. Um, Brady Hoke, like really the, the turnaround there is it's really quick. It's hard to find a guy with a lot of tenure and longevity in the Mac, like Frank Solich, like a tail end of his career type guy. Um, and he took them to bowls. Like, honestly, like that, that says that's as good as it got, or it has ever, it, it has ever gotten at Ohio. Just, um, I'm, I, I don't know how many bowls exactly they went to, but I want to say it's over like seven, eight bowls. I mean, Solich did win. It, it just, he couldn't win the big one. It was called, it's like Andy Reid. It's like Andy Reid situation. If we're being honest. He won. Wait, except, well, Andy Reid didn't win the big one. Like Frank Solich, like got Ohio ranked. He, he won bowl games. Andy Reid won like two years ago. Well, I'm talking about with the Eagles. I'm talking about Andy Reid with the Eagles. Okay. What do you mean, okay? <laughs> I mean, let's just move the goalposts here. I'm just saying, well, if we're talking the, the big one being title games, right. Andy Reid won with the Eagles. He just didn't win the Super Bowl title game. He didn't win. He only, okay, I'll say if you, you completely know, ignore his dominance as a as the coach of the Chiefs, then sure, I understand what you're saying. I'm talking about Andy Reid with the Eagles, man. Like, it's a moot point now since Andy Reid's won a Super Bowl. It's a moot point now. But yeah, plus, plus, I'm, plus, you know, Andy Reid has not, has not passed away yet, so rest in peace. Frank Solich hasn't either. Frank Solich hasn't either. I mean, he's just, he's just retired. He still works for the school, but but uh, if you look at his Power 5 wins, like, you look at his Power 5 wins, uh, like, the turning point for Ohio football came on a Friday night Labor Day weekend against Pittsburgh with Dave Wanstad coming in. And I mean, the game ended electric fashion. First ever weeknight game, I think, for uh, ESPN to come to Ohio. Uh, pick six and overtime wins it against the Panthers. And really, I think that's the turning point of Ohio football. But his other power five wins against uh, a bad Illinois team in 2006. Um, he also beat Penn State in 2012. I mean, that Penn State team wasn't bad, but they were shaking from the Jerry Sandusky scandal. Uh, a couple wins against Kansas. None of them have like that magnitude of a great power five win. You know, sure. but Frank Solich really, I mean, what he's done for Ohio, it's, I, I mean, that program's, in, it's in good hands now, no matter who coaches it, uh, unless you get a real, a real, you know, bad coach. But I, I think it's irreversible. I mean, it's, it's really miles, miles ahead of where they were when Solich took over. Um, but again, that fateful Saturday, September 6, 2008, you know, may, maybe we're talking about Frank Solich as a giant among, you know, a group of five coaches like we do about Chris Peterson. You know, you, you never knew. No. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd say where you know you mentioned the longest tenure coach. Where did uh where did Coach Schneider rank among among that bunch before? 
Oh. Yeah, well, I'm talking like active, like active coaches. No, um, I know. It just oh, made yeah. me think like this coaches who have coached, you know, with long, long longevity. Yeah. He's the first one that comes to my mind. Okay. I'm just curious if you knew. No, no, I think, I, I mean, I'm not sure where he ranks all time. It's certainly like, it's certainly like rare to see him, like the Frank Beamers, uh, oh, yeah. Bill Snyders and stuff. I mean, it seems like the only tenured coaches that are left are the service academy coaches because, I mean, honestly, like those, those guys love what they do and, they're in a system that isn't trans transferable to other colleges really. I mean, um, which is kind of sad. I mean, as we've talked about before with option offense, but, but yeah, like um, I think, I think all time Snyder ranks probably like, I won't say like top 10, honestly, like at least, but I mean, that, that was way more common back in the older days. Like um, I think Joe Paterno coached almost 50 years. It was like 40, 45 years. Joe Paterno coached at Penn state and then Bowden. That is not going that's not, okay. Well, Bobby Bowden then Bobby Bowden coached like 33 years, I think, at Florida State. Oh, are we just redacting Joe Paterno from the record books now? Redacting. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair point. It's it's still tough to talk about 10 years later. I mean, I, let's be honest. It's still really hard to talk about and discuss. So, we'll, we'll just we'll just pretend we didn't mention. We'll 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 uh, we'll we'll blur that part out in the in the podcast. We'll it's gonna be like, I'm gonna say it's gonna be like a like a beep you know so no one's gonna know who we're talking about it's gonna be so confusing except more than likely it's gonna be posted exactly as it is and i'm gonna be saying this and they're gonna say dude you didn't do that i didn't i know know. it's gonna be like um i don't know if you've seen the memes like marvin harrison people talking about like how he just doesn't exist because he's just like so low-key off the field like like, there's a it's the same way it's the same way perry ellis 20 like spent 20 years at kansas same way yeah I, I i yeah no i mean i guess like i just i think it's weird how we feel like players have been there forever when it's just been four years unless you're like yeah. a six-year guy like case keenum that man was truly at houston forever because he had like a million medical red shirts and stuff like uh i mean it, it's it's stuff like that but like a four-year start we think oh man that guy's been around since like the kennedy administration like okay like uh, you know let, let's chill out and this thing like you watch the team every single year that guy becomes part of your life a little bit really kind of funny that's true no that, that that's true for sure um there's a guy on hawaii um which you know i'll probably talk about this with jackson on hardware but chavin cordero so chavin cordero the new red shirt rules came into play in 2018 his freshman year his freshman year he led two come from behind victories in 2018 for hawaii to uh, to bring them to, to bowl season uh, 2019, he splits time with Cole McDonald. Then, of course, 2020, we have everyone getting an extra year of eligibility. So this man can realistically, he's played uh, parts of three years. This man's, like, realistically be considered a sophomore with the extra year being added of eligibility. I, I don't know if, if that's just for seniors, but um, if it's for everyone, like, the man can end up playing, like, six, seven years of college football, which is just absolutely unbelievable. for everyone. It's for everyone. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought too, but I yeah. hear the term super senior being thrown out more than anything. I don't know. Yeah. I, I assumed yeah. it was all, but no, that, that's what I thought, but yeah, that, that man's been around forever. I mean, I mean, or he will be around forever if he doesn't transfer. Like it, like, it seems like, it seems like all these guys with their super senior season are just like transferring, especially in the group of five schools. And it's like, it's kind of sad, but you know, players going to play. Yes, they will. Yeah, it's just just words words to live by uh that i i don't live by i mean i i'm not a player i respect women you're a man of god man. i am that that is true and a minor league baseball fan oh are you wearing a minor league baseball hat right now 
I am Augusta Green Jackets. So such a cool name. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, it, it makes sense. It, it's great. It, it's associated with the town. It, it's it's awesome. It's probably the best the best mascot I've heard for a minor league team ever. Honestly, um, I'm trying to top you on that one. Um, what about the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs? Nope. What about the Albuquerque Isotopes, named after Homer Simpson's softball team? Come on, man. You, you know that's cool. Nope. You, you, you know that's cool. Yeah, it's cool, um, but it's not cool. Augusta Green Jackets. It's a double entendre. You have the Green Jacket for the Masters, and you have the Green Jacket Badass Wasp. That's cool. That's cool. It, it is, yeah. But in the end, it's, it's still an insect. I mean, it's... It, yeah, an insect uh, that you would run and you would look like a five-year-old. Yeah, no, that that's true. I would run from a from a yellow jacket. I mean, I don't think green jackets are an actual animal or actual I mean, insect. If I saw a green jacket in the wild, you would not catch me investigating whether it was yellow or green or black or hornet <laughs> or wasp. I'd just get the other way. That's all I know. Agreed. And, and I, I think I think uh, we're uh, extending this a, a good amount. Um, Marshall, do you, do you have any any final final thoughts before college football season or? You know, no final thoughts. I think you know it was a pretty comprehensive discussion there. You know, if people have any questions, feel free to be with me in the comments. I will see you there. Square up. Um, you know, just a, I guess just a teaser on that note. We have a up, we have a young up and coming rapper coming up on the podcast, uh, soon. You know, so we're not gonna we're not gonna tell who that rapper is, but just be on the lookout for a young up and coming rapper on the podcast. A lot of, a lot of up and coming. Yeah, a lot of up and coming. It'll be, a, it'll be a pop culture crossover. It'll be a music and <laughs> podcast crossover. You know, we'll be like Sway in the morning. You'll be like Sway, 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 Sway. It'll be like, uh, it'll be like that time when little, like the all-time great freestyle from Lil Dicky on, on Sway in the morning. Ooh. It'll, well, well, maybe not that much. I need to go watch the last season of Dave or the last episode. Last episode. That oh was shoot. Coming. Yeah, yeah, I gotta. I haven't. I haven't watched the series, man. I like. Oh, so first season, okay. Second season, it's like it's like the Office second season. You know, they come into their own and it's okay. okay. Yeah, I'm about to check it out. After this, I'm about to check it okay. out. So, 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 so on that note, I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be out here watching Dave. I mean, Marshall. I mean, out here doing his doing his Wall Street thing out here on these streets. I'm just saying, um, keep an eye out there in the in Dave, the character L's Taco from Odd Future. Okay, no, I think I heard about that actually. I think I did. Yeah, well, on, on that note, I'm about to head off and, and watch some Dave. Um, tune in next time, whenever that may be. Uh, maybe we'll have a young up and coming rapper, but he who will come soon, you know. <laughs> but uh, until next time, peace, love, and soul, everyone.